This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about practicing gratitude. Because contentness is so important, especially because this podcast is so about self-improvement, I recently like changed the tag to it being a self-improvement podcast. I truly don't know what bucket to fill it in because the creative journey is so expansive. The creative journey entails, obviously, last episode, talking about our financial wellness. Sometimes it's mental health. Sometimes it's spiritual well-being. It tends to vary, but overarchingly I think we are focused on improving the self and often a lot of self-improvement is so focused on doing and it's so important to learn to be a beer not just a doer how to be and how to derive joy from just being how to be satisfied with where you at because life is about ebb and flow and all of these cycles and less meta a lot of the time we are being more than we are doing. That satisfaction that you feel from achieving things is so fleeting. You'll be back to dissatisfied quite quickly if all you feel is a burst and a rush at those moments when you do achieve something. That moment goes by so quickly. Life is not being at that moment of achieving the Oscar or getting recognition externally from anything. It's in the journey it's really in the being present how can you be in stillness and actually be really satisfied and grateful for all that you have for the abundance of your life in a lot of the previous episodes we talked about receiving that feeling of satisfaction for the present and gratitude for the present through mindfulness and meditation but there's actually a very intentional gratitude approach There's many actually, and so I'll explain some of those ways and then we'll also get into why the practice, intentional practice of gratitude is so important. Our agenda for today's episode is first question from the No Starving Artist community and the second segment is practicing gratitude, how to and why to. And our last segment will be, as always, culture rec. Thank you for listening to this podcast Yeah, I'm here to be of service to you. I would love to share your creative journeys, your stories, your questions on this podcast. Always you as anonymous. You can email me at hello at morebyher.com. So a question I've received from a number of you is around what ways we can connect as a community. If there's going to be a Facebook group for No Starving Artist community podcast listeners, are we going to have a website with more of an ecosystem around it, around connecting as a community and what there is in existence? And the short answer is that's totally a North Star to have more of an ecosystem, a way for us to connect. I do have some reservations around the whole community thing in that I am so about releasing, you know, and not needing to create a controlled place where you all, I don't know, I'm, I'm so scared of creating anything that creates dependency. And I want to remind you that this podcast is all 
about sharing with you things that are seeds of wisdom within you already and things that you know to be true but sometimes need the reminder for. So that said, to be transparent, I am also deprioritizing a lot of additional workloads that feel like work, i.e. pressuring this podcast to be more of a business rather than a work of service. So right now, a little bit of that is on hold as I hold space for other priorities like producing this podcast, editing this podcast, doing everything for this podcast. I'm a sole owner of all of my creative work at this point and love to do the design and all the podcast art and and have fun with the whole process. But eventually I probably will be outsourcing some of that effort. And I am also creating prioritize my creative journey. I'm not going to be a hypocrite uh, telling you about following the creative path if I'm not doing it myself. I care so much about my acting work and that has taken number one in my life. So it's been fun doing self-tape auditions, etc. I'll keep you updated. When I see numbers also in this community grow to a substantial level enough to hire someone to support the ecosystem, then that's something I'll be doing. I'm so into outsourcing work that we don't love and paying people for it. So I know that that's something, whether it be, you know, somebody to support managing a website, newsletter, community board, social media channels, etc. That is something I have fully in mind. We're not there yet, but your sharing of this podcast and sharing it with friends and people who it could support will help us reach that goal. Which brings me into some, you know, slightly disappointing news that I've been dealing with in the last week. I had my hopes up to be in partnership with Spotify. I had my hopes up and was sadly rejected from this program that they created called Sound Up, which supports women of color podcasters, providing them workshops, normally which would be in person, um, and it's a really small cohort, cohort that they take on, but Anyways, I was working through my application intensely, as I do when I care about stuff, and, you know, I was really clear in sharing my vision because I have a really clear vision for what I want, and I know the steps that I want for this podcast, and I know I want to bring on guests. I know it'd be beneficial for you to hear from a diversity of perspectives and people in the business world who've worked with artists in the capacity of finance or legal, marketing, and all creative people in different, you know, aspects of life. And I also know it would be really valuable to hear from artists and creatives and creative entrepreneurs also who have sustainably built their businesses, careers, and are doing the thing and are willing to share the nitty gritty transparently. So that is still something that's going to happen. And my waves of rejection around the not getting the partnership with Spotify were interesting. It was first anger because... That is my default. I I am such a kind person, but I am also an angry person. And so I was like, this pisses me off. Then I softened to empathy where I was like, well, I hope that they accepted people who are really needing of the education and will apply it in meaningful ways. And then I felt gratitude. And I was like, and honestly, <laughs> No Starving Artist podcast is growing. We're growing. We have episodes that are getting better I'm feeling more satisfied and appreciative these last few months for the feedback and engagement and then I got to joy 
And Joy is just like, and I'm so fucking lucky. I'm just so lucky to have things going that I care about, that are improving, that are good, to have the community that we already have in existence. And that led to another emotion, which is motivation to improve. My only aim is to continue to improve this podcast. I am motivated because of gratitude and satisfaction to continue to improve. And so a common myth about gratitude is that it leads to complacency. And people don't share this very explicitly, but it's really ingrained into certain cultural beliefs, especially in the United States where it's like, oh, if you're satisfied, then you're not going to achieve and you're not going to climb corporate ladders. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to have the hustle. But gratitude is satisfaction for the present. And it, it does come perhaps with some feelings of just being okay with the contentness and stillness because you know contentness and stillness is just an inevitability no matter how much you try to do you're usually going to be held still because there's lots that's always going to be out of our control more often contentness and satisfaction leads to lots of joy it doesn't detract from your ability or willingness to improve and so that goes back to a lot of the myth around the starving artist where it's like I need this sense of urgency I need to feel suffering to be able to create because of the lack of trust or faith in satisfaction actually being a motivating force right so gratitude for the present being like hey I want to continue to serve this I want to continue to build upon this I really love this I'm really moved by love to continue to expand this, to continue to work on this, to continue to work on myself, to continue to serve others, insert whatever. Um, And I think a lot of the un or subconscious fear of being satisfied leads people to push away good things, right? Maybe that's push away good people in our life, good partners, like I'm not ready for a good job. I'm not ready to you know, settle down. I'm not ready for that commitment. Uh, I'm not ready to to just be there yet. When you're okay to be and just be and derive joy in being with who you are, then you're more experiencing the present of the moment, deriving joy from where you are in this journey, not needing to push towards being at the goal, but being okay nearing goals so anyways i'm continuing to improve on this podcast super excited down the line to bring on guests diversity perspectives that i know would be valuable and be in a cadence of sharing obviously these episodes that i love sharing that are a bit more workshoppy i'm gonna be honest when i listen to all these other podcasts there's an assumption that you're bringing on guests which to me is a f- interesting assumption i think there's so much power in Personal storytelling, I think there's so much power in constructive sharing, just me to you, but I also recognize the podcast I love. I do love hearing the voices of different people, and so I want to do a balance of episodes that are with guests and then solo. So I'll be working through that in the next month or so, which brings me to if you have preferences or recommendations of people that you have in mind that would be great guests on this podcast who've maybe historically worked with artists or creative people and really have supported them in an interesting way please let me know I have a few lawyers in mind that I think would be awesome I have a few people in the business world um we'll see 
Um, but just DM me on Instagram. I'm at Anisa Benitez with your suggestions and recommendations. Now, let's get deeper into the topic of how and why to practice gratitude daily. So there's so many resources and recommendations on how to practice gratitude. And I don't think that there's particularly one way that's better than others. I think it's really bespoke to you what works best for you, what integrates best into your day. And eventually you get to the point where your brain is a lot more wired for gratitude naturally. That's touching on the why too. But when it comes to the how to, yeah, it's kind of up to you in this practice of gratitude what matters is that it happens on a daily basis that you show gratitude to yourself that you show gratitude to your surroundings and show gratitude to others here are some things you can do that you might already be pretty familiar with or in the practice of that's gratitude journaling maybe 20 minutes a day or a gratitude diary at the end of the day leaving gratitude that's a little bit more private leaving notes next to your bedside in a bowl and picking one out each day, things you're grateful for, that you can just remind yourself of. You can write cards to people, sharing and expressing your gratitude for them. You can write letters to people who don't, you don't know, who maybe you don't even have the contact information for. Let them know why you're grateful for them. Maybe people in history, people who've died, people you've never known. You can text somebody each day. Maybe you already do this. Text somebody and say, I love you. Say that you're grateful for them. You can meditate on gratitude. You can think about things you're grateful for and just sit in your bed and list those things out each day. You can say it out loud. You can sing about it. It's just so great to do the intentional effort of acknowledging what we're grateful for. And then some questions you can start to ask yourself around gratitude is just acknowledging and just keeping count of ourselves. Are you taking time to count your blessings? How often, I I like forgot to mention one of the things that's like most common in religion, praying. (laughs) You can tell that I'm not religious. Praying. Praying is a thing, apparently. And I think that's a beautiful way to acknowledge things that you're grateful for. Do you write down what you're grateful for? At what cadence are you doing this? Have you tried daily practice? If you have been a bit more of a weekly gratitude journaler, etc. And so always just checking in and reminding ourselves, making sure that when we're spending time meditating, that there is some sense of gratitude integrated into that practice. We can do a survey, kind of analyze if we really are telling people in our lives that we love them, that we care about them, and the ways that we're grateful for them, and how often we're really actually doing that. Daily accounting of what we're actually doing, who we're actually saying things to explicitly, who we're not, who we're sharing that with through acts of service, our gratitude, and showing that by cooking or doing things that are out of the ordinary for people that we care about. Sometimes I just lay on my bed and I think about things, as I mentioned, that I'm grateful for pretty intentionally just to make sure that 
I'm fixating on them. And I think it's so powerful to fixate on positive, fixate on satisfaction, especially when bitterness and dissatisfaction arise within us because it inevitably will always be there. There's always, you know, lightness and darkness. This podcast is not all light and love. It's also about, you know, acknowledging the dissatisfaction that exists with us and being human beings, our darkness, our dark sides, but not letting that be our point of focus. So maintaining perspective around our health and seeing things in positive light. So the reasons why to practice gratitude There's a strong article from research at Berkeley University that I'll be sharing to guide our why to practice. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. So I appreciated this researched article from UC Berkeley, University of California in Berkeley, and it's called How Gratitude Changes You and Your Brain, and it's based on, I'm really into neuroscience, etc. I've shared that previously, but this one I think covers things in a digestible way, so feel free to check out the article directly. What's nice about it is, yeah, just summarizes findings on research of 300 participants who they had write letters and over the decade they found a lot so first there are four findings that I'll be sharing from this article that they had pulled out and they recruited the participants um, before they began their first counseling session and were experiencing low levels of mental health during that time and the majority of people are seeking services from the university and had been struggling with issues related to depression and anxiety and they had them write gratitude letters over the course of 12 weeks and by week four they had already reported significant improvements in their mental health so from a mental health lens it's really great and then If you are feeling like you have high levels of mental health, it's still a good practice because we're all going to hit lows. We're all going to hit lows, whether it's not mentally, but through circumstance, etc. There's going to be things that arise in life, and it's great to have a system of self-care, of support, of mental health practices that already supports us to sustain in good spirit. So... The first finding from analyzing these participants who wrote these gratitude letters was one, gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. It's not just the act of focusing on, you know, focusing away from our negative, but it's shifting our attention away from toxic emotions of envy, resentment, etc. And seeing that there's still light there too. 
and we're making the conscious choice to latch on to negative during those times. So people who did the study had way more positive emotional focus on we too. So rather than being so individualized and being like, I feel this and I feel that, they come out they came out of it focused more saying the words of we in their letters of gratitude. We feel this, it's us, it's common, it's collective. We have shared, we have perspective, we um, are embodying all of these things. And the shift away from those toxic emotions allows us to recognize the blessings in our life and makes it considerably harder for you to ruminate on negative experiences, which is something that you unconsciously may be deriving pleasure, like masochistic pleasure from um, ruminating on negative experiences. So one, unshackling you from toxic emotions that you are doing unto yourself, you know. And then two, practicing gratitude, writing these letters for them helped them even when they didn't share it. So I think there's an idea that it's like we have to tell people really explicitly that we care for them, we have to appreciate them, and that's so positive to actually affirm it um, explicitly. But the mere act of writing the letter can help you appreciate things in your life or shift your focus away from negative feelings and thoughts. And so you can cement a lot of the things that you're grateful for, even if they're things that are not actually tangibly in your environment. It feels like we have to have things to be grateful for things, right? But we don't. We can be grateful for people that we've loved in the past and for having shared our heart with people. We can be grateful for people that existed in history and the contributions that they've made to the world and how those continue to live on. We don't have to own things to feel grateful. And that's what's interesting around the whole capitalistic consumeristic mindset is it's about the attaining and the purchasing and the buying and the owning and controlling of something to appreciate it. But reaching a place where you don't have to touch anything, you don't have to see it, you don't have to own it, you don't have to feel it, you don't have to rent it for you to feel grateful that it's in existence, that it's touched people, that it's spread. You know, I think I've had moments of this, especially when it comes to people that I love in my life who've had people grace their life that I've never met, but I'm so grateful that those people graced their life because they made the person that I love such a special person. And there's a lot of moments like that where we can even more expansively think about our list of people, things, surroundings that we are grateful for and see how expansive those are. And you, coming back to this gratitude too, you don't even have to share it, but acknowledging it shows kind of the abundance that is there. Three, Gratitude's benefits take time, and I think that's a really good insight that they pulled out from the research is we want immediate validation from a lot of things, from a lot of exercises, from a lot of practices, just like meditation, the practice of gratitude, whether it's writing, journaling, whatever for you might take a lot of time, Uh, but the consistency and this strict effort of it is worth it. If you participate in a gratitude writing activity 
They say, don't be surprised if you don't feel dramatically better immediately after writing. Be patient and remember that the benefits of gratitude might take lots of time to kick in. And it's just variable per person. It depends on your level of resistance also to shifting mindset um, to positive in general. So over the course of four weeks, the writing activities definitely showed their difference in people's mental health. Even if they didn't have full awareness of it, they didn't feel they had embodied it, it actually still showed in their output. So it takes a while for our emotions sometimes to catch up or our cognitive recognition to catch up of these shifts taking place. But know that you're shifting and changing all the time through your behaviors, through your mindset and your actions. And so just keep it going is one of those also good reminders. Number four is that gratitude has lasting effects on the brain. And this is my favorite reason why the practice of gratitude is so powerful. I love anything where you can focus on rewiring the circuitry of your brain. (laughs) It's really powerful to have control of your thoughts. It's really powerful to have understanding of your emotions, deeper understanding of your brain activity, and really diving into this thing that dictates so much of, or we feel dictates so much of our being. So um, in regards to the lasting effects on our brain, they did fMRI scanners to actually understand what was going on with people. For this portion, it brought up a lot for me that I'll speak to in a second, but just as far as motivating, motivation and feeling gratitude makes you feel abundant, right? And therefore more generous and more sharing, more charitable towards causes. They didn't feel that they were driven by guilt to help, but actually driven because they felt joy and love and the abundance of that light that they wanted to share with others. And in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement, I've been noting this. And as in regards to people's eating behavior, I've been noting this lately because people are often motivated out of fear and guilt to be better. And initially, it's a very effective strategy to shame people enough into eating healthier, shame people enough into feeling that they've been racist to support Black Lives Matter movement and be more engaged activists, but it's not an effective way to sustain people's motivation. So sustainably, an effective way for people to engage in taking care of themselves and taking care of others is to have more empathy. When we care about people, when we care about causes, when you care about your surroundings, you treat everything better. You treat everything really kindly. You care, you're deeply invested. And that also, you know, requires education and not just feeling gratitude or feeling connected empathetically, but really actually acknowledging the sameness and realizing and taking on that work, maybe taking on losses to serve And so being deeply invested in a way that's not fleeting is powerful, so powerful. And I think accessing gratitude for deeply building empathy is a lot of the root of that.
So the culture rec for this episode is the a magical book that was given to me by a best friend who's a living angel. And the book is called The Book of Joy. And it's a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And it's written by um, Douglas Abrams. It's a powerful book around lasting happiness in a changing world how to sustainably be happy, how to sustainably feel joy. And it comes down to gratitude. If you're unfamiliar with Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, uh, they're both worth looking into great spiritual masters, moral leaders of history, of this time, of our planet. Um, And yeah, this, this book is a powerful one because of who gave it to me, for me personally, and then also because of these people um, who radiated so much light in the world. And with that, I'm going to just recite a page from the book itself. And I'll bring up this book in the future episodes because there is so much within it that is lifelong wisdom but I also encourage you to check out the book yourself oftentimes you just have to come back to reaching our highest self by reflecting on the highest parts of ourself and so gratitude is a way to do that and this is reflected explicitly in this but there's five ways that they share we can kind of integrate this into our day so one reflect on the day Before going to bed and while lying on the bed, take a few minutes to reflect on your day. Consider important experiences, conversations, emotions, and thoughts. Although it's important not to focus too much on what you did or did not do, this point is simply to note major features of your day and to consider whether the day was in alignment with the intention you set in the morning. Two, pay attention to your emotions and accept your experience. Reflect on emotions that came up during the day. If negative thoughts or feelings arise, just be present with them. Do not try to push away the negative or grasp after the positive. Just acknowledge what happened. If you were disappointed with some aspect of how you acted, put your hands on your heart and say, I accept myself as I am, flawed and human like everyone else. Notice where you've fallen short of your intentions because that is the way that you will allow yourself to grow and learn. If something painful happened in your day, you can gently acknowledge it by saying, that was painful. I am not alone. We all suffer at times. Three, feel gratitude. The most important quality to have towards your day is gratitude for what you have experienced even for what is hard and what allowed you to learn and grow. If you keep, if you're just keeping a journal of what you're grateful for, you may wish to write these things down. Four, rejoice in your day. Pick something you did during the day that you feel good about. Helping someone, keeping your cool during a conflict. If you can't think of anything you can just rejoice in the fact that you're doing this practice. Now dedicate the mirror of your day and let it be a blessing to all. Five, look to tomorrow. 
You can finish by turning your attention to the next day and setting your intention for how you wish to face challenges that come. Trust that you will be able to handle whatever the next day may hold and release your concerns for the night as you go to sleep. So that's that. I think that's a beautiful way to end each day by acknowledging the day holistically. Tuning into things that you could have improved, things that you learned, things you're not proud of, pain that might have happened, but ultimately tuning most into gratitude. I hope that this reminder, as all these episodes have been reminders, I hope this reminder is one that serves you. I'm so grateful for you listening to this podcast. And as always, I'm here to share your stories on your creative journey email me at hello at morebyher.com. Please leave a review for this podcast. It helps other people be able to find this podcast. Tell a friend about this. Share on social. I, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear from you in regards to recommendations on guests. Hit me at Anisa Benitez on Instagram. You can DM me. Follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You're no starving artist. I'm forever grateful to be learning and growing with you. I appreciate you.